Hey everyone, and welcome to another mini-sode of The Investigation Game. I'm here with Leah. Hello. And we are not in Leah's house, well, she's in hers, but I'm in mine. And um, real quick, I do want to specify that we promise to maintain the 10-minute minimum or maximum this week. That is correct. <laughs> Unlike last time. So for that reason, we are just going to dive into it. You ready with the timer? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go. So my question for today is in regards to your interview with Kara Vincent, I was curious as to how you data sleuth in an estate. Yeah. So data sleuthing in an estate really could just involve looking at the bank statements every month. This will kind of help you do a couple of things. If you're looking at the bank statement every month, you can see if maybe a caregiver maybe a trustee or even just someone maybe scamming through like the lottery calls and stuff, you know, cause that their targets a lot of times are seniors. And so if you just look at the bank statements every month, you can kind of just see if there are weird things going on. Let's say the senior is still living and there are two house payments being made out of the bank account, right? Like that's something you might want to look into or multiple utilities bills. It might make sense. Maybe they have a couple different buildings on their property, but then maybe they're paying somebody's utility bills. Those are really, really common. So one of the things that we do, and we actually use something called Money Thumb, and we'll put the link in the show notes, but we use something called Money Thumb where you can import your bank statements to Excel, and then you can just filter for different things. And so on our YouTube channel, Rachel has some examples of looking for even dollar payments and also just some filtering and sorting tools. And so I just recommend going in, looking for even dollar payments within the bank account, because a lot of times that'll show you, you know, some of it might be explained. Maybe they're having to pay an attorney for something or, you know, professional fees a lot of times end in those even dollar payments. And by even dollar payments, I mean a thousand dollars. looking for things that doesn't have change and it's not like $1,543. Like that's kind of weird. A lot of times it's just nice, even round numbers. That's really, if anybody asks me about that, that's where I would start. And we had kind of talked before about addressing like, how do you know if somebody's high risk of somebody, you know, stealing money or whatever. And in an estate, I always consider Who has access to the bank accounts? Kara talks about how families have years and years and years of baggage, right? And so maybe there's someone in the family who's always been the baby, who couldn't keep a job, who couldn't handle their money, who had a lot of debt and dad always had to bail them out. There's lots of those situations that if that person is put in charge of the estate or of the trust or is the caregiver because a lot of times that person become you know like Kara talked about it's that person that ends up moving in with mom or dad because they don't necessarily have a house they move in I'm going to take care of mom and dad and then they get access to all of their financial records and then they start spending that money to evaluate if there's risk there is to consider and this might sound a little judgy but it's just some facts it's just some data right but just consider who is this person that has access to the financial accounts are they employed do they constantly need money do they constantly need to be bailed out now that's not to say that somebody who doesn't have all of those things wouldn't steal but 
it's a risk. And I'm not saying because someone is a high risk, they will steal. But the way that you catch it is just by looking at those bank statements. So if your maybe brother moves in with mom and is going to take care of mom, but then sister is also on the bank account, sister needs to make sure that she has online access or gets copies of those bank statements every month so that she can see what's going on and just step in and talk to mom about it. I mean, kind of what I, I loved Kara's recommendations on the podcast last week that like have these conversations early and kind of negate some of the just risk and really kind of divisiveness that can move forward in these situations. That kind of raises another question for me. So in these kinds of situations where it's parents being financially abused by their children, whose responsibility is it to kind of look out for people who are in this situation? Or is there anybody that could, they just have to do it themselves before it gets to that point? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's no one that like regulates it, you know, to like check in. There's no auditor that's going to come in and do that on a regular basis for someone. So it's really up to the family unit to set up kind of their own version of internal controls. But like Kara said, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation before mom and dad pass away or especially they're towards the end. And then what do you do after the fact? And then you get into this whole like, well, did they intend for Bobby to get all this extra money? And then how much am I going to spend to try to get Bobby's part back? You know, Kara talks about that too. So all of those things just kind of make for this a sticky situation. And so that's why if you're going to date a sleuth in an estate and you're concerned about your family's money, find a way, especially if you can do it before your parent passes away. I don't know. It might even be a good option just to add every kid as like a, maybe not spend the money and they're not a signer, but like they could get, have online access just to read only, you know, just see the transactions like that might be a thought. I never had that thought before, but a way so that everybody kind of knows. But then at the same time, mom or dad might feel like you're nitpicking what I, how I'm spending my money. So all of this is a little tricky, but these are just some I mean, these are the most common ways that we find that children are either taking more of their fair share of the estate after mom and dad have passed away or maybe abusing their relationship while mom and dad are living. I see. At Workman Forensics, do you run into these kinds of cases often? Yes. We actually work yeah. a lot of estate. It's kind of like divorce, estate and trust, and embezzlements are like our top three areas. And all of them to some extent, require the same data sleuthing process. So if you think, wait, but in an embezzlement, you told us to look for even dollar payments, right? You also look for even dollar payments here. You also look for even dollar payments in a divorce case. Like all of these things that we typically look for in the types of transactions, we're going to look for it in estates as well. Okay. So with all the estate cases, do you notice the most common situations? Is it usually the children? Is it usually like a neighbor or usually a caregiver? Like what's kind of the most common situation? I don't know if that's... I think it's been a mixture of all of it. And actually in our next podcast, kind of a trailer for the next podcast, I actually am interviewing Jason Zirkel with the ACFE and he worked from a law enforcement perspective. He was an analyst with law enforcement. He actually investigated an embezzlement, also a fraud, elder financial abuse, and a murder all in one. So we're gonna be talking about that next week. But to answer your question, I know, right? <laughs> oh, you're looking forward to editing that one, right? <laughs> but I've had trustees, 
I've had the caregivers, I've had children, all types. I don't know that there's anything that's most common. Do they all steal the same way or it depends on the situation? I'd say most of the time it's the same way. That's why we can, every case has some nuances and it kind of depends on what the assets were as to how you're going to, how we're going to handle it. But most of the time, the majority of the issues that we find are from looking at those bank statements and identifying strange transactions. That captures the majority of the issues. I see. Well, that was all the questions I had for this week. Is there anything else you'd like to add about? No. And you did great because we have like 20 seconds left. So Really? Oh, well. um... So they don't get to hear the timer go off this week. Oh, darn. (laughs) Well, thank you, Leah, for talking with me. Of course. Always. The Investigation Game is brought to you by Workman Forensics. For more information on the business and its services, visit workmanforensics.com. Find us on social media on any social media platform at Workman Forensics. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, please email us at podcast at workmanforensics.com. Thanks for listening.